Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Here's the thing, Dale. When I saw Eric Jones climb out of that car right there at the start finish line, I thought, that guy's a winner because he's got full hair, you know? Can I pull it off? Am I a winner? Really? You know I'm not Dale. Oh, Kyle, hey man. When did you get here? We rode together. I've been here literally the whole time. Oh man, that's crazy. It's Winsdale. Dale Jr.'s here. Start the show. from the 37 of Busher. Here comes the 78 once again. Eric Jones has won at Daytona. <laughs> Career defining night for that kid. His first win at Daytona. Oh boy. How about that race, boys and girls? Just a win for mullets all across <laughs> the country. Oh man, how about that Jones boy? <laughs> That was a crazy time at Daytona. Welcome, everybody, to NASCAR America. I'm Rutledge Wood. We got Dale Earnhardt Jr. here because, of course, it's Wednesday. Oh, yes. Kyle Petty. Uh, we could have called it Wins, Kyle. At least you know Kyle's it's me day. sitting here this time with the glasses on. I, got, I like that. Couldn't see a thing without it. <laughs> That's a fact. Couldn't see have a thing. you ever tried them on? You got to no. try them on at some point in time. Yeah. They're yeah. not just for looks. They look pretty thick. They, they are <laughs> they genuinely are that thick. thick. Guys, so fun to be here. Uh, certainly, we know Daytona was great. Uh, so cool for Eric Jones and this man, was, yeah, that hair, that hair looked so he's good. He's stuck with it, you know. Blaney cut his hair in all yeah. season, and uh, but he's growing it back. But he's stuck with it. He's uh, he, he must really like it. Like most people, grow it as sort of like a uh, you know, just to stand out. A for, goof, yeah, kind of a goof, mm. yeah, like a for fun. I didn't see yeah. that on his face. I saw <laughs> no, pride. He's in, no. He genuinely likes yeah. the mullet. That's commitment. Yeah, it commitment. looks awesome. And let's yeah, be honest. To win a wreck like that, win a race like that after so many wrecks, Daytona July, I don't want to see anyone else besides a guy with a mullet pull up, pull out of that car and say, hey, sure, what do you yeah, think about but that? But, you know, it, it's, it, commi- it takes commitment for a guy from Michigan. Now, a guy from South Carolina or Alabama could pull that off, like, regular. Also, regular. the straight hair yeah. mullet is a tough one to pull that, off. That is it's com- it is a yeah. completely yeah. Yeah. different cut. It's a different cut. Yep. It's a different Because then you're wondering, how, how much do I spike? Like, yeah. what's the right amount? The Kentucky <laughs> waterfall, there's a lot to it. Yeah. But, hey, speaking of Kentucky, it's going to be a big nice weekend. Segue. We know uh, Saturday night's going to be huge. You know, all year long we keep talking about the big three. So, fellas, what's going to happen with the big three in Kentucky? Are they going to keep pushing each other and, and kind of one-upping each other the way they have? I think that they're definitely going to be the guys that are uh, in the mix to win this race. I got them in my fantasy yeah. lineup, of course. If you don't have them in your fantasy lineup, I don't know what you're <laughs> thinking. You're probably throwing a Hail Mary, but a little early for that. I – um. You know, I've, I've talked to uh, Harvick, and those guys are motivated by the playoff points. Yeah. And I think you saw that when Harvick was trying to race and beat Kurt Busch for one of the stage wins at Chicago, how important just those playoff points are. And 
if you get like a 40-point cushion. We saw that last year with Truex. If you get about a 40 or a race-long cushion, it really is helpful throughout, you know, throughout the playoffs and to get you almost untouchable, really. You can have a bad race uh, and still be able to get yourself to Homestead. So, obviously, not one driver's getting all these points this year like, like Truex was yep. last year. You know, the scores are spread out amongst those three, and they're competing with each other, with each other. to gobble them up, kind of like Pac-Man. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I'm, I'm going to jump off the points thing and go to that. Um, I was talking to my dad the other day, and, and we're talking in the truck, and I asked him if he had ever seen anything like this, where you have three drivers pushing each other. Um, your dad, and, and I'll get to that, but like, like my dad said, he and Pearson pushed each yeah. other. You know, you got one that wins, and then the next one wins, and especially when Pearson was at the Wood Brothers. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I can remember going to races and thinking, okay, we're going to beat one guy. One guy. <laughs> we're going to beat David Pearson, and we're going to beat the Wood Brothers. And that was it. And they, those guys just run first and second all the time. But they pushed each other to be great drivers. They're both Hall of Fame drivers. Sure. Um, I don't think, and my dad said, I don't think I've ever seen a time in this sport where we've seen three guys push each right. other. And, and you've got Truex and Bush um, and, and Harvick pushing each other that, when one wins, the other one's got to go win. Got to go get those points, man. Got to go get. Right. We heard Kyle Busch say a couple of weeks ago at Chicago, when those guys win, I got to go get another one. Yeah, I right. got to go. So they're putting pressure on each other, but they separated themselves from the pack. Did you ever hear your dad talk about anybody that he that pushed him to be Dale Earnhardt and that he pushed to be somebody else? Yeah, there were a lot of guys that dad would get into, you know, couple two or three year long yeah. tussles with but one guy that consistently pushed dad was Rusty Wallace yeah. and it, they pushed each other not only on the racetrack but off the racetrack yeah. whether it was planes buses and property <laughs> yeah. everything that they did they were competitive with one another and so there was a and there, you know you see this replay here from Bristol there was a lot of on, tac, on track activities yeah. that would that would kind of make their now what's their happening, relation what's happening right here conversation well, their, their relationship was a roller coaster <laughs> Because you know? they were friends. It was. It, it's, it's funny, and you, you bring that up, because even if you look at your dad's logo for a while and Rusty's logo for a while, it was, it was, it was like, co you co who copied who? Right. You know what I mean? Because it was the same thing. They both came out right about the same time. Yeah. And uh, it, really was, uh, it really was a pretty – they were close friends. Man, they could get mad at each other yeah. and fight, but then they could turn it right back around and, and work together off the track or get competitive off the track. And uh, so that was something that, you know, that – that was con consistent throughout my dad's career and Rusty's as well. Did you get that, like, as a kid that you were watching when you'd see one of them bump the other and then... I didn't like it. You know, I didn't like those those rivalries because it forced me to to not, you know, to pull against Rusty or, or yeah. wish bad, you know, wish a bad finish on Rusty. And there were, there were, you know, when Rusty won the championship in 89, um, it was him and dad all year long. And there was some bad blood because uh, dad got in a wreck at Rockingham uh, that cost him a ton of points, and we felt that Rusty was a was a big factor in that. And then Dad goes to uh, North Wilkesboro and gets spun out on the bumper of uh, Ricky Rudd's car. They go down in a corner yeah. and wreck each other, racing real hard to try to win. So um, it came down to the very last race, you know. And Rusty had a pretty bad day, and Dad ended up winning, I think, in Atlanta, and still lost the championship. Yeah. And that was a really frustrating year uh, because Rusty finally got to rub it in Dad's nose a little bit. All that time. Up to that point, Dad was take, getting the best of Rusty for the most part, and Rusty was Rusty was the one playing catch up. And that in that year, you know, Rusty Rusty really realized his potential and won the championship. I want to ask you this, and and because I think the word that my talking to my dad, the word that they use, whether it was a rivalry with Pearson or Bobby or whatever, 
had a tremendous amount of respect yeah. for what the other guy could do in a race car. They never, never took for granted what what this guy would do or what that guy could do. And, and I think that's that's when you talk about your dad and 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 Rusty. If you have respect for somebody, you can get mad at them. Yeah, you, you can get mad. But you've got to respect what they do in a race car. Yeah, I think they both really respect each other's yeah. talent. Yeah, sure. What about you? Do you have somebody? I did actually. Uh, me and Matt Kenseth. Because y'all came along at the same we time. We came all the way it, up through. Our, it was so weird how our careers paralleled through the Xfinity Series into the Cup Series, and we were one up in each other. Yeah. And and uh, it's sort of that competitiveness between the two of us went away uh, midway through our Cup careers, but all the way through the Xfinity Series into the Cup Series, I was watching Matt. He was watching me. We were helpful to each other. You know, it wasn't that we ever really got angry with each other or really competitive. Yeah. Um, it, but it was good for both of us yeah. when the other was doing well. Yeah, I mean, it was you. Him doing well made you want to do better. Absolutely. Yeah. You doing better made him want to do better. Yeah. I mean, just we raced yeah. against him. Literally, you know, I thought in those two years in Xfinity Series in 98, 99 that he was my competition. And yeah. so I knew where Matt was all the time. And I think he felt the same way. And then when we got in the Cup Series, that just continued. Yeah. I, you know, he won the Rookie of the Year. I got a, I got the All-Star win. And and uh, then he won the championship. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we were just kind of both back and challenging forth, back each and other. Yeah, sure. yeah. You know, guys, every single Wednesday, we love to get your fan questions on social media. Don't forget, use the hashtag Wednesdale. The first one this week is about Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who was at the center of some of the big wrecks last weekend at Daytona. A uh, question from the fans says, how does, how does Stenhouse reach out to the drivers he wrecks? Does he call? Does he text? That's definitely a call right there. Um, depending on the severity this is gonna of get the accident. Yeah, I, 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 I want to hear. I do, do want to hear that. I want to hear what the protocol. What, what the protocol. I, if he text messages any of these drivers, that just shows that he's not truly remorseful. We heard the remorse in his yeah. voice during the, the point. stage win. The second stage win, we went to interview him in front of the booth, and yeah. he sounded so upset and let's, so somber. We got it. Let's listen split. to it. wrecking happens so what what is today what is the official protocol for let's say you accidentally wreck say half yeah. of a field well it's really not changed <laughs> over the years back in 2000 oh whoa, 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 whoa. wait 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 do you think pearson ever called somebody and said well, hey sorry I, about that i mean in my did your dad ever call in anybody my career did your dad ever call anybody sure i'm sure he did no no way, way. but no they didn't way. have like i mean they were no way. aging each other they, they were calling each other. They were like they were leaving, leaving messages with their yeah. secretaries. They did and stuff. call yeah. your dad the gentle giant. They called him the intimidator, I, right? I they they did uh, I, I, reach I, out and talk to each okay. other. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. So I wrecked your dad at Wilkesboro when he was driving for Bud Moore and yeah. Ford. This is 80, 81. I was 20, 21 years old. He'd been in a wreck. He's tearing my rear bumper off, tearing it off, going out into turn one, just tearing, tearing, tearing. He's already torn all the crap. Um, we come up off turn two, and I hook him and just send him out in the infield, okay? And come around, and he's stuck over there on those poles. You know, he used to have those poles, and he gets going again, comes up beside of me and looks over at me real mean. And so the race is over, and he comes down, and he said, let me ask you a question. What was that all about? And I said, uh, 
I just really got tired of your shit, to be totally honest with you. Your stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, really, really got, ti- <laughs> really, really got tired of it, to be totally honest with you. And he said, that's what I thought. Just checking. Yeah. And that was the end of the conversation. Sure. Totally. But, but your dad was old school like my dad. You just went up to him at the racetrack, <clears throat> and that was the end of the conversation. Yeah. And the I, next week, you went to another racetrack. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. If you can see this person in, yeah. in, at the track or meet, you know, in person somewhere, to have that conversation yeah. face-to-face is definitely top of the list. But in today's world... With you know, with technology and and yeah. all that, you're gonna you know, if you want to call a guy, call him the next day. I uh, in 2009, I wrecked pretty much the whole field at Daytona, Daytona 500. I spun uh, Brian Vickers out on the back straightaway, and I knew when that happened that I was gonna have to call Brian. Here's the back straight. He blocked me down below <laughs> the apron. I came back up the track with with no regard of where he was at, and if I clipped him, I clipped him. I didn't care. Yeah. And I didn't think that it was going to wreck the whole field. It does. <laughs> and so that's a race yeah. you'd want to forget. Yeah, I'd love to forget yeah. this race. I'd take that back in a heartbeat. <clears throat> I had to. I knew though when it happened that I had to call Brian yeah. and I had to eat crow. I had to say, Brian, I, that was my fault. Yeah. I started that. I created that, and I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm not gonna. I didn't call anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that to win back the trust of those other drivers would take a long period of time. Yes, so yeah. I think for Ricky going forward, that he tries try to eliminate this from his yeah from his uh, next plate race. You know, when he goes yeah. to Talladega later in the season, try not to continue this trend. Yeah, yeah. And uh, put a little space between this yeah. race and 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 the next time you want to do something stupid. And that's what I always tried to do. If I screwed up, I laid low for a while. Yeah. And I would I think that you know. You got to call a guy if you if you can see him in person. Sometimes, like the thing is, if you wait till the next race weekend, yeah, the guy thinks that you're not gonna. Yeah, that's exactly. You're not gonna bring it up. It just festers. It just lays there and it gets bigger than what it is. It does. It it gets a lot bigger. So if you do wait till the next race weekend, you need to go to that guy personally on Friday and see him face to face. But I think the easiest and quickest thing is to give him a call. Yeah. Get him on the phone. Let him chew your butt out for a little while, and then, you know, usually gets taken care of that yeah. way. If you don't call the guy, I mean, texting's worse than, yeah. just as bad as not it's calling right. at all. Yeah. It's, it's calling, right now I think it's calling, calling, then, then text. text and don't, but don't tweet because I don't want too many other people to see me apologize because then it's self-serving yeah. that I just apologize. Right. I didn't apologize. Well, you saw me apologize. Yeah. I totally yeah. I didn't, listen, I, I wrecked Bobby Labonte. Uh, when I, if I could take one back, I, I wrecked Bobby Labonte. Just got impatient at Dover and just got up under him and said, see you later, bud. That's the end of the conversation right there. You know what I mean? And and it, it's one of those things where you're 15 laps into a race, and it's like, what in God's name was I thinking wrecking Bobby Labonte 15 laps into a 500-lap race? He's thinking. Um, yeah, he was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> when did you guys talk? Do you remember how soon? Yeah. We, talked, we talked when that race was over with. Wow, really? But, yeah, because that's what – no, but – that's the era I grew up in. Well, take, that, us, that, into, that take is, us into that conversation. No, no, listen. And I, you walk in, you say, "Hey, you got a free shot. Take it." Because that that was me being stupid, and you can't fix stupid. You know what I mean? I, I can fix an, and you know, when 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 I have an accident, when I put myself in a bad place because I think I'm doing something and it's going to work out, that was never going to work out. Never going to. And you can't fix stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and and I said it Saturday night with with Ricky's deal. Um, when we were doing post-race. I've wrecked people. I mean, I'm not throwing stones in a glass house. I've wrecked people. Sure. I know what it's like to be Ricky Stenhouse and look in the mirror and say, oh, my God, look at all those people wrecking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and we, we've been there. And you've done the other. You've run up and wrecked somebody or you've been wrecked, and it's the same way. And 
but you have to confront it. But you don't, I agree, you don't have to confront it with 22 guys. The people that, that <clears> you started <throat> with, whether, if it's Kyle Bush, he needs to talk to Kyle Bush about it. Yeah. I mean, he does. You just need to man up and talk to Kyle yeah. Bush and figure out what that was. If it's Brad Keselowski and Brad says it's somebody else, then that's fine. Be on the same page, but you, you do need to talk. I love Winsdale. This is always, this is always <laughs> yeah. my favorite day of the week. Mike Davis is here in a lounger. Uh, yes. When we get back, we're going to check out Chase Elliott's throwback ride for Darlington and find out why this year's paint scheme has special meaning to the Elliott family. Later, we're going to ask the question, who has the best hair in racing? We saw Eric Jones and his moulet take the win at Daytona, but will he make the cut? Oh, puns. Plus, Junior Nation's going to weigh in with their questions a little later in the show. Wednesdays with Dale Jr. is just getting started. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back. This year's throwback weekend at Darlington will have extra significance for Chase Elliott. His throwback scheme is a tribute to his late cousin, Casey Elliott, whose promising racing career was cut short when he died of cancer in 1996. After last night's reveal, Chase talked more about honoring Casey's legacy with Dave Burns. Racing has always been about family for Chase Elliott. So Chase, explain to the folks though, Casey's meaning to you, because you really never had a chance to meet him. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, obviously a very unfortunate set of circumstances. Lost Casey, you know, basically um, the following spring after I was born. So obviously I never had a chance to get to know him. But uh, just knowing how much everybody missed him and, and so on, I think kind of shows the kind of person he was. And not everybody knows about Casey. And he was, uh, you know, from what I understand, well on his way to, you know, having a shot in, in, in the Cup Series and racing and, and was doing uh, – you know, pretty good at what was then, or what is now the Xfinity Series. So um, he he was off to a good start and and had had uh, a lot of success racing short tracks and things, and certainly gone too soon. So you know, I think that um, just to have a chance to share that story with everyone and and uh, you know people to kind of look back and see what kind of person he was and and uh, spark some interest there, I think is a pretty neat thing. All right. Well, good luck this weekend. Thanks for sharing Casey's story with us. We'll look forward to seeing that yellow car in September. Casey Elliott raced in the NASCAR All-Pro Series and looked to advance what's now the Xfinity Series before he was diagnosed with cancer. His death at age 21 came less than two months after Chase Elliott was born. I think what makes Darlington so special is we get to see That's, yeah. stories like that. Yeah. That's exactly right. This throwback weekend allows us to learn about guys like Chase. Yeah. I mean, like Casey. And, and it gives Chase the opportunity to honor him. So that's what I love about a throwback. That's what I love about Darlington. I think this is a tradition. I begged them to continue this tradition yeah. on until, you know, the end of time yes. for, this, for this race, this speedway. It gives us such an opportunity to take a look back and appreciate all these people. I mean, there's so many. Th just the history of Darlington alone, the things that fans, especially new fans, can learn there, yeah. from the guardrail to, to you yeah. name it, there, there's so much there. Now, as for the playoffs, when we talk about Chase Elliott and Hendrick Motorsports, they are far from safe, you guys. So mm -hmm. in that regard... Where are they after Daytona? Where are they, Dale Jr.? Where are there. they? All right. Is there. this like when someone yeah. asks, like, hey, how's your ex-girlfriend doing? And you're like, oh, good, I think. Okay, and, and like, while you were there, this team was <laughs> – and that's the perfect way. When you were there, this team was always here. Yeah. Here. They're somewhere here. Yeah. And, and they're not terrible. Don't get me wrong. No. By a lot of team yeah. standards, they're doing good. 
What's it like in their meetings? What's it like to be where they're at? And what can we expect? I would say that there's a couple things that I think about. They are used to winning. They're not used to going to the racetrack trying to finish yeah. in the top 10. But when I first started working with Steve Letarte, the best thing I think we <clears> did was set our expectations to something reasonable. And what we what we did really was, to be quite honest, was try to finish in the top, t- top 15. Yeah. yeah. And once that become regular, yeah. You know, and easier easier to do. We raised the bar in the top ten, top five, and eventually we became yeah. the team we wanted to be. And they just need to set reasonable goals. One of the one of the great examples I'd, I'd I'd use is Alex Bowman. They've gotten a lot of top tens over the last several weeks. They're still you know not very comfortable in the playoff uh, position, but they're getting the finishes that they need to get until the company as a whole finds the speed yeah. they're missing. The whole company is missing a, a part of you know a part of what they need a little bit of speed and once the entire company engineers that speed into the cars the whole thing's going to jump up right the whole all the performance across the board will improve and until that happens they just got to get the best thing they can get if you got an eighth place car try to finish eighth yeah you know the worst thing you can do is go out there and screw that up right and not get those eighth or tenth place points all about racing yeah. where you but, but are yeah i guess here's the question um, being inside the Hendrick organization, how do you do that? And and my and my point is, Matt D. Benedetto, yeah. if he finishes 25th to 30th, it's been a huge day for them. They've got 15 employees. That team has done a phenomenal job. We look at at Tad Schechter's, at, at at AJ Amendinger and Chris Buescher, far exceeded having the top five, but they're a 15 to 25th place right. team. When you look at that's their expectations. Our expectation from the public is Hendrick. One, two, three, four. Right. Get it done, yeah. dude. Get it done. You got a seven-time champion. You got a guy that may be the next <clears throat> most popular driver in this sport. Get it done. I know you got two guys. So how do I, as a Hendrick driver or that organization, how am I taking the heat from out here, from the fan, because social media, it's, it's coming all the time. Yeah. How, how do you take that and stay focused on what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, they're 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 driven to win. They're driven yeah. to make their boss happy. I mean, Rick's... Uh, in my experience, is one of the greatest people to work for, and he's a guy that you want to make happy. You want to go, you want him to come in there and go, "I appreciate what you just did," and so you try to make that happen. Make that, you know, you try to get that reaction yeah. from him every day. The reality of the situation is, is the landscape's changed a little bit. I mean, you look at Stuart Haas racing and what the t- what they've become. You look at the Good point. Gibbs and what they've become. <laughs> they've, you know, with with Toyota. So it's not as easy for Hendrick to be alone on top of the you know, on the mantle as it used to be. Um, do you think? Do you think Rick felt like you really took notice of of when Jimmy took the yeah. lead at Daytona? That place came alive. Yeah. There's there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of other things that are happening behind the scenes that don't get documented. There's been a huge physical change in the company. They have made a physical effort to put all the cars in one shop. Whereas for many, many years, you had the 48-88 shop and the 24-5 shop, right? Well, they have made a physical effort in remodeling the buildings yeah. to be able to move all that stuff into one place. That, when you're doing those type of things, sometimes you have to set aside yeah. performance gains yeah. to make that kind of a— It's tough to race and do that is. at the same time. It's tough it to is. get better and then be doing that much renovation yeah. and, and changing the entire culture of the shop. They've also had a lot of personnel changes, especially up at the top with Doug, uh, Doug leaving yeah. several, you know, about a yeah, year yeah, or two ago. Yeah, yeah. So 
um, when that change happened, they had to find a new guy to be head of competition and yeah. and moved it, moved people around. When one guy moves up, another guy's got to fill that place. There was been a big shuffle, and and you know who's really making the bigger big ticket decisions for competition. Yeah. So um, when when that happens, that also makes it harder to continue to engineer speed in your cars. If you take, you know, it's a competitive sport. You take that little bit of time off, you're behind. You lose yeah. a little bit. Oh, so. Yeah. Well, those things, I know, I'm not trying to make excuses for Hendrick Motorsports. No, that's I, a legit reason. But I know that those reason. things have cost them the opportunity to continue to excel and, and progress <clears throat> and learn as they need at the time, you know, at the speed that they need to be be competitive. Also, we all know that the new Camaro isn't doing as well exactly. as they thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason. And we've all been in that position where we, we thought this is going to yeah. be our savior. Right. They just rolled our savior into the shop, yeah. and you run it the first time, and you go, Oh my God! Hendrick knows why that car is not performing, yeah. and they're working to try to fix that. And so, you know, it felt like—I'll be honest—when when Jimmy took the lead and those fans were on their feet, Daytona, it felt like, oh man, maybe they hit it, right? Because right. you said, like, holy cow, the crowd is going crazy for Jimmy Johnson being the Daytona again. I was really—I uh, was really surprised. I was standing in the booth, and Jimmy is battling here to take the lead, and when he did. Visually, the entire grandstand yeah. stood up, held their arms in the air, and were cheering him on. And so... And that's a big thing, because people don't appreciate what that dude's done. I know. Yeah. It, was, it, caught, it surprised the heck out of me. And I've always thought it was a two-man race for the most popular driver award. And I'm not saying that Jimmy's in that, in that yeah. race now. But it, we've always wondered or talked about, like, hey, this likable guy, this, this guy that dominates in our sport, where is this, why is his fan base not bigger? And, and, you know, where is the fan reaction to all the things that he's done? And I think, you know, that it's taken just this little bit of adversity yeah. for people. Because he looks real. Yeah. He seems to be a he's, human. human Here is a human who is failing at some of this stuff. <laughs> and I don't say failing, but not succeeding Struggle, at the yeah. level that he was. And, 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 and you look yeah, at him and say, sure. oh, my God, poor Jimmy. Let's put our arm around him. Let's get Jimmy yeah. back up there. <laughs> that's and that, right. But that is. That, I mean, that's right. America. Exactly what it is. That's America. You build them up, and then as soon as you get them to the top, you cut their legs out from under them. And then you, so you can cheer for them again. And that's yeah. what they're doing. Today. His struggles have endeared him to a lot of fans. Yeah. And and when he took the lead, you could tell that they were, you know, more majority of the people there were really happy about that. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's great for Jimmy because he's he deserves. Yes, he does. So much praise and appreciation. Yeah. And and it's sort of not it's not measured up to the accomplishments on the racetrack. Yeah. And I knew I believe in everything in the universe is a cycle. It cycles. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I knew that one day he was going to get that appreciation. And so it's fun to see. So we'll see how that goes. I know he'll get back to Victor Lane. It'll be interesting to see how happy everybody is about that. Whether I'm, you know, whether I'm, if, whether what I'm feeling yeah. is true. But uh, if he gets back once, everybody will be happy. If he gets back ten times in a, in row, a row, everybody's yeah, gonna everybody be mad. Be booing again. <laughs> That's right. You know, we'll, we will get to talk with Jimmy's teammate Chase uh, on Wednesdays with Dale yeah. Jr. soon because over the next three weeks, some of NASCAR's biggest names are gonna be joining us right here at the Big Oak Table next week. It's Kyle Busch. You guys might have heard of him. Chase Elliott's gonna drop by on. July 25th, and then to kick off the month of August, it'll be the champ Martin Truex Jr. Coming up, it was an emotion-filled Saturday night at Daytona for Eric Jones. We'll hear from Jones' crew chief, Chris Gale, on the big win as Wednesdays with Dale Jr. rolls on. Got 160 laps of um, fun. Make it happen. We need to bring this thing home in one piece. We know that'll get us the finish we want. Keep it clean. Good luck. Super Speedways haven't necessarily been my um, 
forte in, in NASCAR. I haven't had the, a ton of things go my way on those races. You know, the overview of our race today was uh, try to finish this race, to be totally honest. Coming to the trial for the final time! Oh, baby! Eric Jones has won at Daytona! Yeah! Listen to that emotion! <laughs> The emotion that you showed when you got out of the car and uh, did the, how about that, boys and girls? Where did all that come from? I was just pumped up. I mean, it was uh, just the whole day. You know, when you, when you win a race that you don't necessarily think you're going to win, which was not um, here for sure, I, I figured somebody's going to split me. I'm going to be stuck in the middle, and I'm going to get thrown to the back and finish 10th. But it was like, man, this is kind of coming together. And then taking the checkers, it was like, you know, I mean, just freaks you out. Your adrenaline's pumping. You, you can't really think straight. I'm out of breath. Too much smoke in the car from that burnout. I can barely breathe, but an awesome finish. I was pumped up and, and, the, and the crowd was pumped up, so it was just cool to see everybody cheering. You know, they got to see a pretty good finish, so it's always fun to get into it with the fans and, you know, I share their emotion of, you know, seeing a good race. It's, uh, it's always fun. And there's a sense of relief in a lot of ways. I mean, I've wanted to win a cup race, you know, so bad the last year and a half that I've been up at this level. It's a huge weight lifted off my shoulders to feel like that first win's out of the way. You know, the pressure's off a little bit that now we can just go out challenge and contend for wins week in and week out. We saw this incredible reaction, not only at the track, but also on social media. And then Eric took off to head up to the Slinger Speedway. That's what I love about a guy like Eric Jones. He's still going to get to the track. He's still going to go racing. Some of these young guys do it. We're going to see him race Saturday night in Kentucky. But to me, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but seeing these younger drivers out of local tracks, yeah. especially after a win, like, to me, that's just putting it all together. Yeah, I, I think so. Look, Dale started running. You run Myrtle Beach. You run Hickory. You run places. Fans saw Dale come up and, and come that way. Um, and that's where you make that initial connection. I mean, Eric made connections with fans at different racetracks all over Michigan, all over the Midwest. And now they're saying, oh, my God, I saw that guy run Slinger five years yeah. ago. I saw that guy. I got his yeah. autograph down here. And that's what the sport needs now as much as anything else is that con that touch back to a Caraway, to a South yeah. Boston, to a Pensacola, to those places. That does more for yes. motorsports yes, and does. stock car racing in general than, than, than anything. And we've heard it from uh, – you know, Kevin Harvick with trying to connect the top level, the top tier cup down to the uh, short tracks like we used to have back in the 90s and 80s. You hear it uh, with uh, Kyle Larson, Ricky Stenhouse trying to bridge the gap between dirt and asphalt and, and, and sharing the love of both of those two disciplines. Um, when, G when Jones wins at Daytona and then goes run Slinger the next day, yeah. that right there will be such a great experience for anybody that's at Slinger watching that race. Because yeah. they're like, hey, yeah. there's a dude with a mullet. I saw him win a Daytona. <laughs> yes, this is one the of Daytona. the best. In, the Daytona is, winner. Yeah, this is one of the best in the top tier stock car division yeah. in the in the country. Yeah. And here he is at this track. And I get the, I get the pleasure of watching him go against all these other guys that I respect and know. Um, the Bubba Pollards and, and so forth. Sure. The Jeskies. Yeah. Them. So to... When I raced, when I moved up to Xfinity, I didn't go back to late models and, and yeah. have fun and play around. I didn't. But that's what we need. Yeah. And when our when our cup drivers do that, yeah. it's amazing what it does. For It creates new fans. It gets people to come. I, I'll say this real quick. I think that, I think going to Slinger, going to your local short track, doing what Harvick's done, some of that, 
is more important for the cup guys and the Xfinity guys to do than the cup guys to drop back and run an Xfinity race. Absolutely. That doesn't yeah. change. That doesn't move the needle for our sport. Larry, it, it just doesn't, yeah. yeah, it doesn't move the needle. But if you take you know that what? guy and he goes somewhere else and runs, it moves the needle. Do you know what moves the needle for me? That? When Steve Latart asked Eric Jones' mom yesterday what she thought about the mullet. <laughs> take, take a listen to this. Dale Jr. said on the broadcast right afterward that your win was uh, a big win for mullets everywhere. <laughs> Just a win for mullets all across <laughs> the country. Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> Yeah, it sure was. I, uh, I'm glad to get the mullet in victory lane. It, it was a uh, long, hard road to grow this thing back. And I can thank my buddies. We uh, we took a little excursion to Las Vegas on our off week, and we uh, I ended up with a mullet. So thanks to thanks to those guys back in Michigan for hooking me up with that. So the team is good. Coach Joe is good with you having the mullet back in action. He uh, he accepts it. He just kind of lets it go for the most part. <laughs> I mean, that's, for the record, that's like mullet blame displacement. <laughs> it was my friends. Every <laughs> track in Michigan yeah. did it. So, all right, now that his, his mullet has been immortalized, let's check out how does it stack up with the best hairstyles we've seen in racing. Let's start with the young guys, right? We got Chase Elliott. Yeah. We got Ryan Blaney. I don't know where in Ryan Blaney's hair adventure last year that was because, let's be honest, it was and, monumental. Yeah, that has to be somewhere in between a couple of his <clears throat> adventures to be that yeah. short. And Chase, let's be honest, when he puts that hat on and it goes crazy back there, that's typically when the, when his fans go crazy. Yeah. These expressions are priceless. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, 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 got, they caught him at a moment, didn't they? All right, now let's go mullet versus mullet. Jones oh. and sprint car star Rico Abreu. Rico, look at that Rico's hair. rocking it right there. I, I don't care. Rico I think Rico gets it right there. One. I yes. mean, yes, come on. It's so good. Yeah. He also just made his own T-shirt. It was basically a caricature of himself with that. Oh, I mean, come on. Yes. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't why, you? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do a caricature of yourself and make it into a T-shirt? I love that. I would rock that all day. And we're going to turn the back clock here for some classic vintage looks. What do you, what do you think, guys? Um, maybe some old hair in this in this sport? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Look yes. at you. Don't See, you forget thing, it. Yeah, the only thing about Kyle is he was party all over instead of just party. That's exactly right. Party, party in the ball all the time. He had party all over. He didn't just, have business in the front. Yeah. No way. He had party in the sometimes front. I, sometimes I forget that you, you actually like. That? No, I, that picture makes you cooler <laughs> in my book. Like, as one of my best friends, I've always thought you were cool, but no one liked to see you. Hey, oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look, Carrie's definitely. Carrie's got Carrie's my inspiration. My Carrie's my inspiration yeah. in this. In and that's this a family thing. affair with. It is. Yes, and impressively, <laughs> Carrie has not aged since this day. He, he just, hasn't. The facial hair is thicker, but that's the youngest looking dude in the garage. Every time I see him, you find something that works, you stick with it that's it that's the way it works that's it just yeah. high and tight just like it. that Do oh it. you guys are killing it hey up next it's time to answer some fan questions if you haven't submitted one yet now you still got time just use the hashtag Wednesdale Wednesdays with Dale Jr. will be right back mullets for everyone NASCAR America is brought to you by mobile one annual protection proven protection for 20,000 miles Oh, man. Fan Friday. That was so much fun to do at Daytona. Hey, it is time to dig into some fan questions, which you've been sending to us using the hashtag Wednesdale. What's so funny? I don't know. You sound like that was an inside joke on the Fan, <laughs> fan Friday. No, I had a great time. Like, that was a sarcastic <laughs> yeah, it was. That's time. what he sounded like. We had a great yeah. time. Did he sounded like it, didn't he? Like, yeah, okay. It started a little rough, but... 
I think we ended up hey, all right. Main delay. Good. Good. Anyway, yeah. let's get to the fan questions. First is from Jake Heller. Jake wanted to know, what driver would you like to have on your podcast that hasn't been on yet? Clint Boyer is the obvious answer mm. because we being, have being winner. Yeah. yeah. He's funny. We, you know, we've, we've hung out and had fun together, so we can have some great stories. That's good. I can tell this is exciting because Mike Davis got out of the Barca Lounger. Yes, he did. He's moved. He's, uh, he's, he's pumped. Moved. Now we're talking about We have movement from the Barca Lounger. Podcast. Uh, <laughs> next up, Dylan want to know, where do you get your old school NASCAR t-shirts from? I'm, almost daily, I'm searching on eBay. And then there's uh, there's friends of mine that um, find these as well, and I can buy them <laughs> that's, from them. That's old school. See, here's the difference between he and yeah. between us. I bought them original. You just have them. I just have them. Yeah. <laughs> you just, the shirts that Austin just showed I'm just up wearing I just have them. I, I, just went, have I went, I went, today, today I bought eight shirts. No today, way, man. Yeah. On no the way, way here. It's just circumstance. It's just coincidental that yeah. that question's what, been What's your favorite this like it, day? What's the golden find? Okay, the golden find is a champ, is a 1980, it's a, it's a, it's a Dale Earnhardt shirt with the number two. Oh, yeah. Uh, Osterlin, Osterlin car on yeah. it, and I think it's 1979 Rookie of the Year, or it says 1980 Champion. I'm not sure, but it's it's a 1980. And that's listen, wow. there weren't there drivers. There were only four or five drivers that made T-shirts right. back then. That's the whole deal. They were. It wasn't like Souvenir Row. It wasn't like Fanatics. It was just when one of three, them pops guys. up on eBay, yeah. I buy it whether it's going to fit or not. Yeah, you know, you just got to get stuff. Can you that. wear one of those next Wednesday? Ain't, so far, Wednesday? the ones that I have bought of that particular shirt only fit Amy. Yeah. Which is even better. I mean, but he she looks, looks good better. Medium. She, she does. looks better in throwback gear. We know some guys that wear a medium. We do. We yes. do. Work with a couple oh, of yeah. those guys. <laughs> I think we got to get you. Pump it up. No. I mean, this shirt's <laughs> nice. But we've had plaid. Yeah. Every other time, I don't know what happened, but right. it's weird. You went to yeah. go buy vintage T-shirts and you showed up with a fancy one. But yeah, it's weird how that happens. Hey, next question from <laughs> Mitchell. He said, "How much more important is Watkins Glen now that the Charlotte Roval is a final race around 16? Could it propel a road course ringer farther into the playoffs?" Yes. Yeah, really? so I didn't think about it like that until this question. I was thinking, is it important? Does you know, does it help guys learn uh, being a road course? Is it, yeah. you know, is guys going to go to Watkins Glen and go, oh, I've got some new notes to take to the Roval? No, because I don't think the Roval is anything like the Glen. Yeah. I don't think that road course racing at Sonoma and Watkins Glen are even that similar. Right. Even though they, they probably can use the same setups and some of the things they learn, I don't think hardly much of that is going to transfer yeah. over to the Roval. It's just yeah. too much of an odd, oddball racetrack. But with that said, the talents definitely will transfer. If you're a very good road racer, you got to go into the Roval thinking that you got a little bit of an advantage on yeah. some of the rest of the guys. So, yeah. yeah, if you're fast at Sonoma and fast at Watkins Glen and you feel like it's you, it's, it's your talent, then maybe you got a bit of an advantage. Do you know what I realize as you're talking about that? The Roval is like the mullet of racetracks. I would. I don't know if I would give it that much of a compliment. It's just really, a really odd. I, I'm a, the jury's out for me. I don't yeah. know whether it's a great racetrack or not. Mm -hmm. It might not be a. Big it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It, it is. Obviously, at Daytona they run the 24-hour race and they run through the infield and yeah. it's world yeah. famous. I am, That's Daytona. That's I am something not going to miss the race, but I'm not sure whether I, I'm not going to pump it up and be wrong. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be That's crazy. a safe place to be. Yeah. I can't wait. Coming up on Wednesdays with Dale Jr. It's our social pit stop, which includes a homecoming for Tony Stewart, and of course involved a race car. We'll show you when we come back. James Hinchcliffe scored a huge win last week in Iowa. He and his teammate Robert Wickens are coming home, and they got their sights set on victory. Verizon IndyCar Series. Racing from Toronto Sunday at 3.30 Eastern. 
on NBCSN. It's time to see what's trending now in our social pit stop. Diamond Jeske's part-time Xfinity Series schedule for Roush Fenway continues this weekend in Kentucky, but last night he went home to Wisconsin and won the Slinger cool. Nationals, one of the Midwest's biggest late model races. Eric Jones coming off his Daytona win. He was there, but that car doesn't blow up, so he didn't get to win. blowed up. That's mechanical issues. Uh, <laughs> also uh, racing on Tuesday were Tony Stewart and his eight year old ah, father Nelson. Does Tony look like he's lost a lot of weight? Uh, you know, they say trim there. black is very slim. He does look good. Yeah. When he threw me in a pool a few weeks ago, I didn't think this guy lost weight, but <laughs> yeah, that was just me. Of course, our hometown of Columbus, Indiana. Tony won the race. Nelson finished a respectable 12. Now, when Tony raced there as a kid, he was sponsored by the local Dairy Queen, got free ice cream from them after every race. Sure enough, that's where he went Tuesday. That's Bob Frank, the owner there of the Dairy Queen. They, I, I assume he got a blizzard. Yes. What would you have got? I uh, definitely would go blizzard, and I always got the nerds blizzard. They're or, so, that's, good. That's, that's like eating cold rocks. They I know. freeze. And what, the, about, what about you? What would you get? I'm going Oreos, but we had mm -hmm. the conversation. The Heath Bar thing is, yeah. is pretty good. That keeps, keeps Heath would, Bar in business. That's yeah. it. If it, if it wasn't nerds, it was Heath. Yeah. Which I've never ate a Heath Bar singularly. Yeah. So that's just we, never may that. we, one, huh? we may do that one weekend. Yeah. Just have Heath. Just do. Do they know. sell the best? I don't even know if they're good by themselves. <laughs> I mean, let's try. Let's only try. blend it up in ice cream. <laughs> we'll just bring nerds you know and Heath bars. Let's bring yeah. blizzards in. Mike yes. Davis, you can come too, okay? <laughs> Coming up, uh, we got more Kentucky Speedway, coolest traditions, and we'll also get some special shout-outs. That's next on Wednesdays with Dale Jr. Boy, you guys, there shout out to Jeff. That's yeah. not it. You mean this one? No. That's not. Oh, this is like a shirt that's sort of like. That's a recent made shirt. That is not oh, that's the a recent one. one. This uh, is a, a shirt that's like in memorial. The original of the shirt, shirt is white and it's got, it's an yeah. original. You know, you know how you know that's a recent made shirt? Because there is there is a, a modern picture of Dale Dad's with his face on it. stuff yeah. on it. Hey, Jeff, thank you. Good catch. Good, Good try, Jeff. Jeff. You Good tried. Try. We hey, you got on TV, it? Jeff. Good try, dude. It worked. Good try. <laughs> that's, the that's the brilliance of Wednesday, you know? Uh, look, you guys, it's time for a special segment. We're going to call shout-outs. Uh, now, Kentucky has a great tradition, and we definitely want to shout-out to them yeah. for what they do. You know, if you win there, uh, you win a jukebox. But last year, they did something really special. Uh, they donated a Crosley jukebox to the kids at the Nationwide Children's oh, Hospital. Cool. Is that... Is that Jeff Bodine? Yes, right it's Jeff. Jeff Bodine yep. in these photos, and it's um, he is somehow see standing back there. I was so shocked when we were taking this picture. I looked over my shoulder, I'm like, Jeff Bodine's <laughs> here. Why is he here? In this Jeff. photo, photo but apparently he has something to do with this company yes. that makes these yeah. jukebox. Shout out to the Nationwide Children's Hospital because they yeah, sent that good. jukebox to uh, cool. Let them kids listen. There's, it's at the activity room in really Nationwide cool. Children's Hospital. That's cool. That's that way cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to shout out to Denny Hamlin, didn't you? Mm. Did I really? Yes, because you thought he did something nice <laughs> today on Twitter, I believe. Oh, yes, he did. He helped a friend. He helped a friend. That's right. Sometimes. How did he help a friend, Riley? Uh, Denny Hamlin told Kyle Bush, hey, man, don't people you don't have, have to respond to bro, everybody. Bro, stop responding to these people. They are sending these tweets. Also, because they know you will respond. Yes, Kyle, and Kyle, I know that because I've done it before. Kyle Bush, if you're watching, if someone talks to you about the race and they only use pictures of like, 
nebulas and <laughs> solar systems. You have to acknowledge that. Those are tweets that I'm glad you respond the to. Space photo. Are we yeah, just, just going to say nothing about the space, <laughs> the space photo? Maybe your greatest tweet of all <laughs> that was time. That's a good one. Uh, I want to give a shout out uh, to obviously to Vintage Race Tees. Yes. And eBay. Yeah, vintage Race Tees. It's really changing the whole thing. Um, do we have time? Can I shout out to Friendship? Friendship. To friendship. Just any friendship? We're all Come friends. On. Take Come a look. On. This is friendship. This hey, is oh, true, yeah. This I, is true my friendship friends right in the here. Water, and oh, this no. Is, this crocodile, look at this guy. I, I tried to think. Did I? Oh! I tried to think. Do I have any friends like this? It was hard to come up with any. Dale, I just want no. you to know, Kyle, Kyle and I are Ky that kind of friends. You would, you would, I just want you to know, we're, we're you would taking people's, applications. You would people's elbow a crocodile? We, yeah. Kyle would elbow a crocodile for me. I would are elbow a crocodile. Me? I just want you to know that if you want to be bros like that, Kyle and I are interested. What's this guy? We'll meet you halfway. Yeah. But you're going to have to grow your hair like that. Look at the flying elbow, and it works. It work. And it works. And then that's he goes the to help him. amazing. It works. Yeah, he swims over very yeah. helping. Luckily, the video cuts off before you realize they don't know how to get out of the water. Yeah. True. <laughs> because sometimes friendship is like that, you know? You didn't see him crawl up the other guy's back back out of the water right. again. Yeah. No, you've been there for me in a lot of situations. I feel like you'd elbow a croc if it came to it. But you know I'm what? also not sure. You're a real fast runner. I am. I, yeah, I've only got to be faster than you in some situations. Remember that. True that. Hey, biggest shout out is bring a friend to work day. Mike Davis, Mike Davis. on the Barker Lounger. All, all on the Barker Lounger. Right Looking there, baby. Good, brother. Hey, we will see you. That's going to do it for us here at the Big Oak Table. <laughs> we'll see you in Kentucky. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.